evening everyone. <clears throat> I had a change of um, plan as to what I was going to talk about tonight. Um, as there's uh, quite a few um, new people here tonight, I thought they would uh, go over some of the, uh, the aspects that motivate people to take up Zen practice. Um, these categories were outlined by um, a Japanese Zen teacher called Harada Tungen Roshi, who was um, a very well-known teacher in um, uh, late uh, 1800s in Japan. And he's actually the founder of our school, as it's come down through, through the lineage. But he, he outlined that people become interested in Zen um, often, not always, but often um, because of an intellectual curiosity. And secondly, as a way of relaxing. Um, thirdly, as a way of um, developing mental health. And um, last, um, for enlightenment or awakening. I don't like the word enlightenment so much, but awakening. Now, when um, uh, teachers in, in this lineage gave uh, orientation talks, you know, to introduce people to Zen practice, and they outlined all those motivations why people might come. And people ask, well, what is your motivation? Nearly everyone ticked the box, enlightenment. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, maybe we need to look at what you're signing up for if you tick the box mm -hmm. and look at it a bit more closely. But, um, and what it is we need. But to begin with the first one, um, you know, being interested in Zen from an, an, an intellectual curiosity or a philosophical basis um, is a beginning. And um, it may be your way of trying to make sense of your world, you know, in a, in a cognitive kind of way. Um, and that may be of some value to you. Um, but some people may spend the rest of their life reading different books about Zen and Buddhism and philosophy and so on, and um, wanting to almost obsessively try to get, make more and more sense of their life through reading books. Well, it has its value up to a certain point, and then it's a dead end, um, because it won't transform your life in a way. You'll just stay in your head. And in fact, it could make you suffer because you get an understanding of what's maybe possible through doing Zen practice, but you're not actually engaged in doing it. So you kind of get a sense of where your life could be transformed, but nothing's actually changing. You know, your relationships may still be in a mess and you're still dissatisfied and so on. But in, in your head, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it can come to a dead end. Um, unless it actually becomes the springboard to then go into practice. Now, if we take it a step further, um, the next step um, in its um, uh, mildest sense, you know, is to take up Zen practice to learn how to relax. Um, it, it's known um, through centuries, you know, people's personal experience and now through um, considerable um, scientific research that meditation generally, mindfulness meditation, um, does help people to relax, it de-stresses us. Um, and that may be very beneficial for people to do that. And uh, what may occur there though, if we take it up just to relax, 
is that Zen practice probably doesn't have, and that's all we want to do, probably doesn't have a lot of rigour to it. And if you take it up just to learn to relax and de-stress, then it's a technique, a breathing technique that works, but it doesn't necessarily require any real examination or reflection on what the causes of your stress might be or your dissatisfaction and any real kind of um, soul searching that might be involved in it. It's just a technique that'll help you to relax like taking a Valium, only it's better, right? But there's no, there's no, there's no self-confrontation or challenge in it at all. Um, but if people take it up for relaxation, sometimes they may gravitate to um, wanting to take it up and take it further. That might be just the inroad. So the next step on is to take it up um, for mental health reasons. And um, being a psychologist and talking to many of my Buddhist psychotherapy colleagues over the years, um, we actually have the, the personal view um, amongst ourselves that more people actually take up um, meditation practice for mental health reasons uh, than people probably would realise. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's a large part of the motivation. Um, as you would know um, from reading the newspapers or from personal experience, is that many, many people in our culture, even though we're materially wealthy and so on, um, and we don't have you know, too many wars or, you know, threats to our being, um, we have high levels of um, depression and anxiety and other forms of mental illness and a general experience of unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So people may take up Zen practice to stabilise their emotions, to reduce their depression, their anxiety, um, get more kind of um, equilibrium in their everyday life, and basically develop better emotional management, which may then help better in terms of um, managing relationships too, where a lot of emotions arise. And that's, that can be a good motivation to do it as well. And that's a little bit of a step on from doing it for relaxation because to, um, to use Zen practice to understand mental disturbances and so on requires some degree of... Um, self-examination, you know, self-confrontation, maybe looking at unpleasant truths within yourself that emerge in the process of meditation. It's not all a pleasant experience necessarily, just like, like psychotherapy. Um, it can be a holding environment in which you feel safer to raise things, you know, and bring up things to consciousness that have been troubling you. But it can be an unpleasant experience as well. So it takes more motivation to actually take up Zen practice for those reasons. And then lastly, um, if we're taking up Zen practice to awaken, well, what does that mean? You know, what, what, what are we awakening to? How is it different to the other categories of intellectual interest and relaxation and mental health? And mental health? One, in an emotional sense, um, we're not only looking at um, uh, dissolving or managing negative emotions more effectively, right, because our, we're not being as reactive um, to life events as what we were before, 
But it goes further than that in terms of the desire to cultivate what you might call positive emotions. And they're outlined in Buddhist practices um, love, um, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Mm -hmm. So it's, beyond, it's going beyond just managing negative emotion to actually cultivating um, positive emotion as well. And what's embedded in that is that when, when we're moving into um, not just managing negative emotion but cultivating love and compassion and joy and equanimity, well, surprise, surprise, it's not about us anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's where the motivation comes from. There's a point where it's not about me and my enlightenment and my awakening, but the motivation comes from more um, of an emerging sense of belonging to something much greater than just ourselves or our own ego identity, mm -hmm. into something which is more family-like, community-like, global-like. And through that process of meditation, we develop more and more insight into these are fancy terms which are used like no self, no mind, emptiness, interbeing. But what's basically happening is that the ego identity is dissolving mm -hmm. and we're not self-clinging. And our sense of um, inclusiveness of others and oneness with, with existence seems to permeate our being more. So therefore, all of those positive emotions just naturally arise out of that. Um, that's something of what um, the Zen practice of awakening is about. I'm putting it in very simple in terms at the moment. But that's the different motivations that people bring to Zen practice. You may take it up for some intellectual curiosity or trying to make sense, and it may um, include doing it for relaxation. So I didn't conclude everything before it, include still an intellectual curiosity. You can take it up for mental health reasons and it still includes relaxation and intellectual curiosity. Mm -hmm. But you take it up for um, to be awakened and it includes all the rest as well. But if your desire is just to relax or your desire is just to get rid of negative emotions, it doesn't progress into that other realm which tra transcends the self in some way. When we've got that motivation, there's a different way in which we actually meditate. And with the others, with the relaxation, mental health and so on, there's some level there, it may be unconscious, we may not be aware of it, but we're doing meditation to control the mind. And we're, tr we're doing meditation to feel comfortable within our own skin, like a little little bubble of calm. Um, but when, when we go beyond that, um, we're not doing meditation to control the mind, we're doing meditation to transform the mind. And true peace, or a, a, a term they use in, in Christianity, a peace that surpasses all understanding, is not a peace that comes from withdrawing into um, a, a, a samadhi state, a samadhi bubble in your own consciousness. Where true peace comes and real liberation comes from, from dissatisfaction is being one with your circumstances, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. Right? 
So experiences, circumstances may be favourable, unfavourable, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, painful, pleasurable. That an awakened person, because if they've got no fixed self that they're holding on to, they're like water, they can just adapt to the circumstances which are there. And that, that ability, that skill to adapt rather than holding on to some experience or some idea of the way life should be is what the transformative experience is. Mm -hmm. And you, you transform in that way and you can meet death with equanimity. Right? You can meet illness with equanimity. You can meet separation with equanimity. I don't mean to say you don't have any emotional response to it. But there's something underlying all that experience that allows us just to embrace life as it is. That is the experience of awakening, is to, is to embrace life as it is, called the suchness of life. And that's very different to what we think it ought to be or should be. Mm -hmm. That's the transformative experience that takes place. So you can take up Zen practice for any of those reasons, one of them, two of them, three of them, four of them, um, but the real depth of practice comes not from some um, grandiose elevated state of enlightenment, do you know where, do you know you levitate or do you know whatever it might be or go to some sixth consciousness or whatever. It, it, it's actually a transformation in the way that you live your everyday life now in a down-to-earth, humble, grounded kind of way, with no ego clinging, so you can be truly present and wondrous with every experience that comes along, not just the ones you want. Understood. <laughs> yeah? Okay, so that's uh, they're the different levels of motivation that come with it. But it's okay to start anyway. And um, Yasatani Roshi, who was, um, again, one of the, the teachers in our lineage, um, gave a talk once where he um, brought up this famous saying in Zen that um, the three characteristics of a Zen student are great faith, great doubt, and great sincerity. Mm -hmm. And he said... But even if you've only got 10% sincerity, that's enough. Right? Because if you had 100% sincerity, you'd be fully awakened. Mm -hmm. So wherever you need to start, just start there.